That's what leadership is, right? We're just dot connectors. We're connecting the dots between their money and somebody's miracle. You're most compelling when you're most authentic. That's important for leaders to understand is you come off the most compelling when you're the most genuine and when you're the most authentic. A pastor turned tech leader and a millennial churchgoer explore the intersection of technology, culture, and faith equipping you with innovative strategies to support you as you live out your calling, lead your churches with confidence, and step into the future together. This is the Give It Up Podcast. So I saw this comment on Facebook the other day, and it was this older person who said, you know what, this younger generation just gives because it's trendy. They're not actually doing it because it means anything. And you I, read it like that. Yes. I love it, it. Like that's how they sounded for that's sure. Right. That, they they definitely sound like that for sure. Angry elf. That's what it was. <laughs> but I want to talk about like random acts of generosity that are now blown into like crazy proportions yeah. through social media. For instance, did you see that Mr. Beast paid for a hundred, maybe it was a thousand people's eye surgery? Like, I didn't see that, but give it up for Mr. Beast. Come on. Exactly. But I guess it was framed as I cured people's blindness. Right, right. Which, you know, that's maybe a line to not tread on. But what- I, I will say though that, you know, the Bible says how Jesus would spit on people's eyes basically. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe that was just for shock value. Yeah. Um, you know, of him choosing to do the miracle like that. I'm pretty sure that Jesus, if he lived today, would have been like, I know a guy at Stanford that does LASIK. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. To avoid the whole spitting thing. That's kind of awkward, but anyways. Yes, but this video blew up because he paid for a hundred people's eye surgery and basically cured their blindness financially. Like helped them for the surgery. So cool. And people were up in arms about it. Why? Because they were like, he's monetizing the video. He's making oh, money course, by doing course, all this thing. And this is a, it's a weird phenomenon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then you have people out here like Jimmy Darts as well. Who okay. He's blown up on TikTok because what his concept is, is he goes up to random strangers and asks them for something small. Mm. Like, hey, will you eat this pie with me? Or, hey, do you have a spare dollar? And he poses as if he is in need of something. Yeah. And then once they do it, in reward, he will give them something to the tune of $500 or more. Got it, got it. Every single time. Yeah. And so this is really trendy now. So what this person was saying on Facebook is correct, but- there's something going on that's much bigger here because people are watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to talk about what the church could actually learn from these major random acts of generosity because there's something happening. Why are these getting millions of views? Obviously, we can talk to the, about the science of it, but what can the church do? Because we're pigeonholed with this whole verse, right, about... Um, you know the verse I'm talking about, but we're basically like, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is sure, doing. Sure, Which people can interpret as, I should not be recording this moment. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So I just want to hear your thoughts. Put your pastor hat on. I want to hear <laughs> what you think about this entire trend that's going on. Yeah, I, I do think it talks to a deeper principle. Ultimately, that giving is becoming, and always has been probably, identity. Mm. 
Okay. And so what I mean by that is that these people that are participating in influencer generosity, TikTok generosity, yeah. uh, YouTube generosity, you know, did they get some big vision from a pastor? They didn't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did they get a annual report of all the amazing things an entity did to inspire them even more mm. to cultivate the generosity that they're cultivating? They didn't, right? And yeah. I'm all for vision. Right. I'm all for making sure that people understand where their giving goes to mm-hmm. and how it's actually creating an impact. I'm all for that. I think that should be table stakes, Mm. but ultimately that's not what is inspiring people to the level where they have their own energy to take initiative Mm. and do crazy feats of what I would consider generosity. Yeah. Why are these people doing crazy feats of generosity is because it's their identity. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. We have people in our church um, that I know that uh, have literally to participate in building campaigns, to participate in these really important campaigns to further the progress of our church and our community mm. and to serve our community, they've literally sold their home. These are my friends. Jeez. They've sold their home and gone back to renting so that they could give six figures plus wow. towards a vision. What would compel anybody to sell their own home? They have a kid now. Yeah. To sell their own home in the Bay Area. They finally got into real estate. They finally got into equity. That's not even like what some, what many probably would consider a smart financial move. Right. And so what would compel people to do these initiative, these inspiring acts of generosity, identity? Because their life has now become not just about them. Their life is now submitted to others. Their life has been crafted in community. Their life has been a commitment Mm. to consistently go above and beyond so that they can live beyond themselves. That's their identity. And so I would say to church leaders, to leaders of organizations, how do you create a culture where people can form their identity within your community, ultimately form their identity in Christ, Yeah, right? So a lot of, you know, things that we're seeing um, in social media, YouTube, TikTok, and these people that are influencers creating names for themselves yeah. um, really is in the vein of identity. Yeah, You, you talk about influencer, they're creating an online identity mm-hmm. that gets clicks, that gets engagement, right? And things like that. I actually think that generosity becomes even more powerful when your identity is formed in Christ, when you are hidden in Christ, when you are found in Christ, when you are in Christ in the context of community, because all of a sudden your generosity has no limits. Your generosity is now not even for the vanity Mm. of what you're going to get from your channel, but it's simply to serve others and further the community. I feel like that's a deeper motivation. I'm actually not criticizing um, what's happening in TikTok generosity, YouTube generosity, the social media space. I think that's awesome. I think that 
God can use it to serve a purpose. I think that God can use it to stir up an appetite for this type of mindset. Yes. But ultimately what's going to be sustainable is if that is crafted in the context of a community that you can not just build a channel on, but you can build your life on. This this is getting me so excited. Honestly, <laughs> just talking about this because this is about to get deep. Okay. But so- have you read Atomic Habits by James Clear? Um, I've read parts of it, yeah. I know the idea of it, yeah. Right, so such a good book. And one of the mainstay principles in the book is casting a vote for yourself in terms of identity. Yeah. So if you donate to something, a way you could say it is, I donate because I'm a generous person. Right. So by your actions, you're casting a vote for what you're doing. Yeah. So I just had this thought, revelation, as we like to say, <laughs> that what if- because a lot of these influencers out here, they're not using their own money as much as they're crowdfunding. True. Crowdfunding, yeah. So what if this is the first time somebody outside of a church has seen an opportunity to give to something that's bigger than themselves and to someone else? Because how blindly do so many of us walk around and not see the mm. issues right in front of us? And so- all of a sudden you can have people like Jimmy Darts and then Carlos Whitaker, who is a fellow right. believer, yeah. raise hundreds of thousands of dollars in hours, not for some church vision as much as a, a people feeling vision. So I just wonder how the church can capitalize on telling stories yeah. that compel people and drive them to action in, in a way of like, I cannot miss being part of this. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, I think it has to center on the people. Yeah. Right. I, I think that, um, you know, when we are leading people in generosity for our church, um, when we raised money for the building at, at Vive Church, it, it wasn't just for putting up four walls. It wasn't just uh, a smart business decision so that we can get equity yeah. um, in the market and be a smart financial move. All those things are important and all those things are things that we communicate, but it's not the main thing, yeah. right? Because the vision of Ive Church has never been a building. Mm. <laughs> it's been to use buildings to house the people of God yeah. and to invite people into a place where they can experience God. Mm -hmm. And so how do we prove that? Well, we do church before we even have a do have a building, mm. <laughs> we set up and tear down in schools, in community centers, in during the pandemic parking lots, because our vision is not restricted to a building. Mm. We will transform a parking lot because we are so committed to people. Yeah, and that's what inspires people. And what inspires people is you connecting the dots. See, that's what leadership is, right? We're just dot connectors. We're connecting the dots between their money and somebody's miracle, mm. right? Not in the sense that we buy miracles, but in the sense that God can use resources. If he can use bread, if he can use fish, mm -hmm. that means he can use resources to bring nourishment. He can use resources to bring breakthrough. Mm. He can use resources to bring miracles. He can use resources to bring a meal, right? And so- that's what we do is we connect those dots, but ultimately it has to connect to a person, yeah. has to connect to a people, it has to connect to a community, a city, mm -hmm. 
And how is that city getting transformed? And how is the people in that city getting transformed because you exist? We say this at Vive Church. If we left Mountain View where we're located right now, actually, we built Overflow Studios on the second level of our church building. Yeah. That's how, I'm a local church guy. That's how committed we are to this thing. We say this, if if our church left Mountain View, that's where we're located today. That's the city that we serve. Would people notice? Mm. Would people miss us? That's the level in which we should be thinking about church building, right? Would people miss the services that we're providing? Yeah, it really is a challenging question. And one that I, like as a churchgoer, want to ask is if you are pastoring a church, literally when is the last time you asked somebody in your congregation what they need? Wow, that's good. Because how often are we like, we're believing God's giving us and it's all building centric. Mm, Yeah. Where's the the people part of meeting the needs and finding out what the needs are so that you actually are coupling with them to make that change happen? Yeah, you know, Silicon Valley is, uh, famous um, for this incubator called Y Combinator. Mm-hmm. Y Combinator, their whole motto is build things people want. How simple is that? How powerful is that? Yes. In the church, sometimes we get so obsessed with our services. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then now we have solutions chasing problems <laughs> instead of going so deep into the problem, Yeah. instead of sitting with people, instead of really understanding the pain that's contextual to the people in our city. If you know the problem, if you know the pain the most, as a byproduct, you're going to have the best service. You're going to have the best solution. You're going to actually build something that people want, Mm. right? And so I love what you're saying. I do think that there is an element because God gives vision um, in this order to pastors to then disseminate um, for the church. And hopefully that vision is weighted in the context of community. And so there is this leadership aspect, um, of pastors that I totally honor. I honor the pastors that are strong in their conviction of what God put on their heart to help people form into the image of Christ, um, within their church and not being apologetic about it. Uh, but it does need to be in context of the needs of the people and not just what the people are even requesting, Mm -hmm. but the conviction the pastor has around where the people need to be led. Yeah, And so a beautiful way this has been married at Vive Church is one of the most popular vision initiatives for 2023 that the church has responded um, in such an incredible way. Wasn't even just the new campuses that we're gonna plant, although there was a lot of, a lot of excitement mm. about that. It wasn't even about the new kids spaces we're going to create for the, the next generation. For my kids, my kids are, you know, ages seven all the way to when I have four kids, four no more. Um, we're done. <laughs> but the initiative that really got so much traction and so much celebration was called the Hope Hanger. Mm. It was really, really cool. Our pastor met with the mayor of our city, the mayor of Mountain View, and asked them, what's the needs of the city? And the mayor said that a couple of the needs of the city is food, warehousing, and distribution, Mm. and also to be able to serve single moms that are actually house insecure and job insecure. Mm. And he told the mayor, our pastor told the mayor that we got that. Wow. What we've since then built is what we call the Hope Hanger. Two sets of buildings that are now housing food, distributing food, 
and we just brought in a local coffee company called Progeny Coffee that has set up a refuge cafe that is training single moms on how to be a barista, mm. providing fast Wi-Fi, and helping them get jobs. And that has been so life-giving to our church. That's we amazing. have hundreds of people serving, giving towards the fulfillment of that vision initiative. That's an example of, do you know the needs of your city? Mm. Do you know the needs of your people? Yeah, for sure. And it makes me think of how there are some churches who at the end of the year, they will share for the first time what happened. You won't believe that what your money gave to this year was this and this and this. Mm. But there's something very critical that's missing. And that's, you're not telling a story. Right. Because a story involves a problem and a conflict. Right. And so I love what you're talking about, where it's something where you're saying, hey, we found a problem. Now can we band together and solve it? Mm. Because that's what these influencers in their generosity are doing. Good. They're showing you the Good. problem, taking you all the way through, showing what you did and the resolution. Yeah, and I, I think that's that. a powerful concept. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love the lessons that we can learn from Mr. Beast, huh? Who <laughs> <laughs> would have thought? You know, that that building of tension, mm-hmm. the running to problems, not away from problems, yep. right? Um, the invitation for people to see the process. Mm-hmm. Are you publishing your process, right? Mm-hmm. Or is there just a statement at the beginning and all of a sudden an amazing, miraculous solution at the end? Or did yeah. people get to be part of it? Mm-hmm. We did an initiative around missions here at Vive Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the other elements. And we specifically call it high impact missions. And the way in which we want to do it is not to just send money overseas and just to kind of throw it over the fence, so to speak, but we're actually inviting people mm-hmm. to go to the Dominican Republic, to go to Brazil, and we're contextualizing it the Silicon Valley way, right? We're, we're, we're owning it. We're yeah. making it our own. And yeah. so the way in which we want to serve these cities, and we already had two representatives go there and kind of make relationships and inroads with local partners, not just trying to like colonize the area, but with local partners to see what they need. And mm-hmm. what we know we can provide is technology. Mm. We can provide media. We can provide laptops. We can provide internet. We can provide technological solutions towards local church building and ministry building in those areas that we know can accelerate Mm. and make them more effective in what they're already doing in those cities. That's so Silicon Valley. That's what we say. It's like, that's so Silicon Valley. But we're owning it because that's where we're from. That's what we do. That's what we're talented in. That's Mm -hmm. what the people in our church are excited about. So why would we not marry Mm. the talents of the people in the city that we serve with the needs of not just our local communities, but global communities, yes. but doing it in a way that's so us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just permission for any church pastor to not have to take some sort of formula or playbook or some sort of like, you know, step process that you downloaded from the internet or you heard from somebody else. No, make it your own. Yeah. Create that identity, create that culture of identity within your community to bring a pride. Sure. Right? Yeah. To bring an energy around. Yeah, that's us. That's what we're uniquely created to do. There's this book called Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Mm. It's like the one of the Bibles in the Silicon Valley. And he talks about this idea of monopoly. Mm. See, competition erodes margins to zero. But if you find something that you uniquely do, mm. 
and you have a monopoly on that thing, you actually have so much margin to make money. And I'm talking about it from a business building sense, but isn't that so interesting about how we should build really ourselves and our organizations and how we should lead our organizations is how am I actually forming my community and the unique identity that God has given us Mm -hmm. and not just copying some other playbook. Why Mr. Beast is so interesting is because he's unique. Mm -hmm. There's only one Mr. Beast. (laughs) And that's why he's been able to be so compelling. You're most compelling when you're most authentic. And I think that's important for leaders to understand that's building any organization is you come off the most compelling when you're the most genuine and when you're the most authentic. For sure. And the through line of all of this is how can we build trust better? That's right. Like if you have influencers who God only knows what they're doing with the money that you're giving to their PayPal account, right, right. you know? Like they can be like, hey, we gave, we don't actually know how much their PayPal account got. If people are giving to this, then there is a way in which the church can build so much more trust than that. And I, and I love this concept in the through line of this entire give it up podcast is do what you say you're going to do. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Because without that, it falls flat. And if there's one thing millennials specifically are good at, it's sniffing out inauthentic people. I love that. Do what you say you're going to do. Celebrate it. Yes. Show it. Yes. Shout from the mountaintops. Not just because you're trying to prove something, but you're trying to inspire something. Right. The vision of overflow, the mission of overflow is to inspire the world to give. Generosity begets generosity. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. One way it does that is because as more people are generous and as more people are modeling it and showing it and pioneering it, it will inspire the people around you to also follow suit. I love that. Well, I don't think there's anything else we need to say on it. We're big fans of Mr. Beast now. <laughs> I think that's the takeaway. No, I'm kidding. But I think the major takeaway That'd be cool is- to have him as a guest, you know, on one of our episodes in goals. the future. That'd be really, really cool. Give it up for Mr. Beast. Hey. Coming soon to this very <laughs> podcast. No, but- Seriously, as a final word to pastors and church leaders out there, let's challenge ourselves to think of ways to meet our congregation's needs. And if we don't know what they are, hi, let's go find them and let's go band together and make it happen so that people aren't only looking at TikTok videos to get that hit uh, and that endorphin, that serotonin kick of, man, I feel good now. Good. Let's give them the opportunity to feel that in person by partnering with you and the vision God gave you. 